This is the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast, session number 166, Alberto Delisola on Hypnotic World Domination. Welcome to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast with Jason Lynette, your professional resource for hypnosis training and outstanding business success. Here's your host, Jason Lynette. Welcome back. It's Jason Lynette here, reaching out for the first time to Brazil for this week's podcast guest. I've known of Alberto for a couple of years now, having interacted a couple of times by way of, of course, social media streams, by chatting on Skype, and now excited to share some of his story and some of his incredible insights with you, the listener of this Work Smart Hypnosis podcast series. We're going to link over to Alberto's website as well as his YouTube channel over at the show notes at worksmarthypnosis.com. Though, to highlight this conversation, this is coming at the tail of several recent events, uh, not just one that are hypnotic trainings and events that often have about maybe 20, 30 people in the room. You go to to hypnotic conventions, and it's great to have 20, 30 people in the room. And what I love to have Alberto here chatting with about is that ability to reach even further beyond the world that's around us. So the fact that he's in Brazil, he's been interacting with my training materials, I've been interacting with some of his, and the ability to reach across the world. The world has become a whole lot smaller. So yes, you're going to hear the ways that we talk about the themes of increasing your reach by way of products, by way of digital downloads, by way of social media. And he's going to share with you some very actionable strategies to get out there and start to replicate some of the success that he's had. Now, at the same time, we're going to keep the conversation grounded to not just be talking about information products, but also highlighting some of these strategies and even the ways that I've personally used them to increase your reach of getting local clients as well. So the same business strategies will work whether you're reaching all the way across the world or whether you're reaching a couple of miles or kilometers away from your own home. So take lots of notes and take lots of action from the concepts that Alberto is going to share with you here. I'd also encourage you to join me at HypnoThoughts Live 2018, specifically after the convention for my class that did sell out last year with 30 people. But again, you could host an event online and get even more than 30 people. That class is hypnoticproducts.com. You're going to learn how to build your own six-figure hypnotic passive income machine. The actual segment of my business that is simply information products online, whether it's to people within our communities, whether it's programs for the general public or muggles, as we like to call them, quoting the Harry Potter terminology, that segment of my business alone is a six-figure hypnosis business. And I'm going to lay out the entire roadmap as to how I've done it and how you can build your own as well. Get all the details over at hypnoticproducts.com. Space is filling up. And again, this is a class with lots of real-world actionable strategies strategies that you can put into place as well. That's going to be happening post-conference at the HypnoThoughts Live convention, which if you haven't yet registered for that event, sign up for my class first, and then you get a generous discount on the actual HypnoThoughts tuition for the convention as well. Check that out, hypnoticproducts.com. And with that, let's jump directly into this content-packed session. This is session number 166, Alberto Delisola on Hypnotic World Domination. When I think on the online thing, the first thing is that when you create a course, when you create a workshop online or something online, the first good thing is that you are creating something which is yours and which will be yours forever. And for example, you go this weekend and you have a very small group to teach in person. Um, all the time you spend with these people are gone when it's over. But for example, if you record that in-person thing and you get an online thing, you can sell it again and again many times. You can use it in your funnels. You can use it as a bonus. You can create more value. So if and the internet, we have the long tail phenomenon, which allows us to create any product we want. For example, you have an, an online program for business and hypnosis. Maybe if you create an in-person thing, uh, two days 
on how to get money with hypnosis, it will not give you the profit you want. But if you record it and you sell it online, you can gather people all over the world, which include myself as I'm a buyer. I'm from Brazil. I wouldn't go to your in-person thing in the U.S. But when you think on the online thing, you are only risking uh, creating a product, losing your time, and not necessarily losing money. And because the money you spend, and of course we spend thousands of dollars in Facebook ads and AdWords, but we spend according to the results we are having since the beginning. So we don't just put $1,000 in the ad. We see the growth, we see, we analyze the lead, the price of every lead. So it's much safer. But if I do an international thing, for example, when I sponsor someone to come and teach in Brazil, which is awesome, it's a very good experience. But in terms of business, doing an online thing is much more safe. Although, I mean, there's a there's a balance to it that, you know, there, there's something to be said about, of course, the live experience, getting the hands on, though, at the same time, it's where my opinion on this was changed many years ago, that I was um, taught by one school of thought that was that the online is not as good. The audio program at, at a distance is not as high of a quality. And everything that I've personally done for the last, at this point, um, you know, the business program first came out in 2012 or 2013. You know, the, the thinking then shifted because it was the, again, people can't always travel. Sometimes the timing is not a fit. Before we started recording here, I was telling you the anecdote of working with uh, high schools here in the U.S., and it's the game that one specific date is never a match for everybody. So here's a guy who's actually uh, five miles down the road from me that has bought everything I've ever put out, but has never taken a single live training for the reason of, well, he's working a full-time government job and the dates never lined up. So how dare we, you know, not give him that opportunity in some format? So the benefit becomes is that when you start to think bigger about your business, it's not just the profit. I'm glad you also hit the other side point, which is that the benefit is able to reach so much further because other people are able to benefit from it as well. They're able to continue that learning at their own pace. Yes, and another different thing, is, uh, uh, another good thing, is that people which would never buy your product will, will get to know you in person. Mm-hmm. The person, like the guy you said, works for the government, he would never have time to go to an imper- a live training However, he starts learning online. He starts to think, oh, I can change my business. I can start to be a hypnotherapist. And he can even change his lifestyle and became, uh, he can become a student of yours in person and become someone that you can mentor or something like that. So we must think the, the problem. I, I think that the problem is that, as I was telling you before we record, just a few people in the hypnotic world of the world of teachers of hypnosis is that people are still using the same techniques that were used in the 90s and the 80s but the world has changed yes and what happens that there are many big names which are very famous which are getting unknown for the new generation there is a guy that i admire a lot and knows a lot of NLP, he knows and everything. And I really wanted to buy his things. I wanted, I, I, I want to give my money, you know, when you <laughs> see in the, please take my money. And I went to his website with, I will spend a thousand dollars now because I like this guy and I learned a lot from this guy from the books. And many people told me that this guy is the guy I will learn with this guy. And when I arrived in his website, I couldn't spend my, my money. I tried. I, I tell you, I tried. Uh, I wanted to spend it. But when I saw the product, there was no description. It was just the title. And the title was like, Roots of Peace. You know, something that will... <laughs> <laughs> that's a 20-hour webinar or 20-hour workshop. And I couldn't find the topic. I couldn't see if that person, which is a very nice and very intelligent person, 
put a small description of the course, I would have spent my money. And I didn't spend. I spent with you, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it. People must get to know. I got to know your work because of your marketing thing. Because if you didn't do that, I wouldn't get to know your job. So it's very important that people start concerned about it. Which I, I think we have to bring in the story that I think you were partly just as amused by the content of the program as much as the fact that I was uh, fixing a uh, shopping cart issue that you were having while I was in line at the grocery store. That was our first real conversation. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. And it was, when I saw that you were in the grocery store and I, I saw that you were trying to solve my problem while you were... Hey, I was in line. What else was I doing? So, <laughs> Yes, and that gave something that I really think is important, which is the over-delivery. You didn't need to do that at that moment. But at the moment that I saw you doing that, you gave me trust. I can trust this guy. And then I bought you again. When you sold the Sheila Granger, yes. I said, yes, you're going to get my money again. <laughs> and I don't see it as a problem. I want that people get my money if that's something good. I want to highlight there's an aspect of this that you're bringing up here that <clears throat> there's an experiment that I've run recently that I've, you know, I'm, I'm traveling quite a bit these days. And it's where there's certain categories of work that require a little bit more, let's say, hands-on, ongoing support. And there's other categories of work that I just kind of see the person once or twice and then we're good. So... In a recent redesign on Virginia Hypnosis, if you go to the homepage on that site, it just smacks you right away with this big old banner of the one issue that I want to work with the most with. So you hit the page and suddenly stop smoking is there highlighted as big as possible. And what we're really getting at here is building for your potential client, even you know seeing clients in the office, that path of least resistance that, I mean... My, 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 my rant used to be that it was hard on some people's websites to find their phone number, the same as you were having a hard time finding their course, or even if they offered it in a format that you could participate with it. Yet, you know, when I, when I've done live business classes, it became the game of whose website next. And they're going, well, I have a contact page. It's like, well, no, just because you have a contact page, you know, fold your phone number into the conversational nature of your website. For results like this, call this phone number. To get started today, call this phone number. Make it ridiculously simple. My, my thinking in recent months has shifted to make it the biggest and most obvious thing on your site if it's the only thing that you're mentioning. That if you make it easier for people, we're benefiting in all ways across because yes, because you're growing your business, but at the same time, you're making it so much easier for that potential client to take that next step. Yeah. And about websites, there's many people that still don't have websites. Although there's something that, of course, this is part of the reason I reached out to you. Uh, how many people are following your streams on social media these days? I don't know why, but I got YouTube has done something with their algorithm. And I've always complained about the algorithm, which entitles me as a YouTuber, because the algorithm changes a lot. And I, I have around 300 300,000 subscribers, and my life, when I create a live, which I schedule beforehand, usually I get 900 people or even 1,000 people, but if I do a live, just for example, I just connect my phone and start broadcasting, usually 250, 300 people online, depending on the time I do it. Which before we before we dig into that further, I want to reiterate those numbers so that's clear to everybody, and I want to put that in a specific context here. Um, that you have about three hundred thousand people following, subscribing your uh, pay, your channel on YouTube. Uh, when you yes. do a scheduled live events, let's put that in the category of webinar. You'll typically have about nine hundred, and then if you just simply turn on like a Facebook or Instagram live type thing, then you're still going to have a good two hundred and fifty or so people which that is yes. definitely, and I'll put the numbers in perspective, and this is by no means a, a, a swipe at any organization, any event, or in any way, but that is more than some conventions, that is more than some organizations, that's definitely more than most trainings. And it's not to suggest it's a one or the other, it's really a one and the other, because a lot of these people are 
continuing with you to other streams too, correct? Yes, and the point is, in Brazil, people were doing their hypnosis business with the strategies from the 80s and the 90s, and I started doing my own thing on the internet. And for example, I did my first convention here in Brazil, and we got 400 people with I didn't with little effort. So the first convention, 400 people, which is a very big number if you think so, if you think on the conventions you have in the U.S., for example, and you think on the first convention you do. And I'm also the person that uses to teach more in person in Brazil. Mm-hmm. Yes, I used to teach. 1,500 people every year in person. But this year, I decided not to teach in person because I'm creating my funnels and I'm creating my sales machine. I don't know if this is that's the expression you use in the U.S. Yes. in marketing. And I want to, I'm creating the strategy of the funnels because I have two main products, which is the clinical hypnosis, online, and I have another product, which is self-hypnosis. But the self-hypnosis is the last product from the journey of someone that's buying self-hypnosis because I'm creating the Learn More product, which is much cheaper. I'm creating the Lose Weight program, which is much cheaper. So I have many cheaper programs, and then that person buys the cheap product, sees the value, that's something that you do. You did it before with me with the age regression thing. I bought that thing too. The age regression, you you bought, you sold it. That's how I got connected to your product. And still talking about your website, the customer takes time to buy the big products. For example, I took about a year to buy your whole program. I bought the age regression, I found you very good, but we still, I I always say that the relationship between the content creator and the customer is just like dating. We don't just offer, oh, buy it. It takes time. You get, oh, I like this content. Oh, I like this other thing. Oh, that technique is good. And then in a moment, when I see, I'm already putting my credit card on your website. So people must understand that the process of selling something online begins much early on. That's much, it begins earlier because you must create a crowd of people that want to see your product. And something that I told in New York that I think is very important is that we don't need clients. We need enthusiasts. We need fans. Yes. For example, when I told the UK last year that I was going to speak there, 26 Brazilians went there just because <laughs> I told I was going. Yeah. And that's it. I need enthusiasts. I need people which trust me. And people, when they start building their business online, they're much worried about creating the course. But that's not the main point. The most important thing is to connect with your audience. If you are connected, if you are, if you, people can trust you, if you give great value and people connect to you and they see that you believe in your thing, because I believe in my product. I believe that the value is good. And when they see that I'm being honest and they are connected to me and I say, well, this is uh, a great offer because you know it will be much more expensive. And you are not lying. People know that you that's a, a great offer. They will buy it. And when that person offers again, you will buy again. And the great problem, as I studied psychology, is that at least in Brazil, I don't know how it works in the U.S. or in other countries, the profession of a therapist is usually connected to the idea of a priest, a pastor, someone that's working and shouldn't be asking money for the work, shouldn't be charging anyone. Hmm. And when we start using marketing and we are therapists, many people in the field think, oh, you are a bad guy. You are using marketing to sell hypnosis. But marketing, if I'm using marketing to show a product that can help people and and that can transform their lives 
and I'm honest, that's a favor I'm doing for them. That's and I'm putting in the position of someone that buys online products. Every offer you or Mike Mandel do online, I feel like, oh, I'm going to spend money again. <laughs> Every time, because I trust you guys. And that's how a relationship is made. So, okay, take my money. I, I, I know that. But people are much worried about selling. Well, there's something to be said that if you're selling properly, you're solving a problem. And it's where the, the sales process easily stops when the person in front of you is not the ideal prospect, when they're not the one who's going to be the one to appropriately get it. So, you know, they're going to stop reading the website. They're going to turn off the online video. And I want to make clear that, you know, the mistake would be for someone listening to this right now to go, yeah, but these are people who do trainings and I'm not a trainer. And it's to understand that these are strategies that you should be using in terms of getting your clients. Um, if, if you go to my virginiahypnosis.com website, there is a tripwire product called uh, Take 10 to Relax. So similar to the way that I spun off the age regression course as its, uh, as its one-off thing, uh, here's this 10-minute uh, stress relief self-hypnosis session that I sell for like $10 on the website. And just simply having that on the page brings in a decent amount of money, about $200 a month, which I'm not going to you know complain about that. Um, it's not as much as other things that I do, but still, hey, there's there's one of the grocery trips to uh, spend my time standing in line and chatting with you. Uh, <laughs> so here's the experience, though, that because that's there, it's bringing in some income. But more importantly, it's also giving people an experience. And what I've found is just through some, you know, more anecdotal testing of that, the people who are paying the 10 bucks for that are actually listening to it when it's kind of shameful how many people opt into a free thing and never touch it. So the people that are buying it are actually using it, are finding value, and there's a polite recommendation to say, for more like this, call the office and we'll do your phone consultation and get started the day. So I'm using that as an experience, uh, to use your metaphor as well, to build that relationship, get people to get that, uh, you know, the first date, as it were, and then choose to go further in that relationship. So this works whether it's training, this works whether it's getting clients. Yes, and besides, for example, people, I know, for example, dentists and psychologists, which are not teachers, but they have a blog and they create their blog, they create their posts, and they are very informative. And they have a huge number of people which are reading to their posts. And when someone from the readers need to think about a dentist, they would think on the dentist of the blog because they trust them. So they might not have bad teeth. But if someone asks, oh, I know that that famous dentist lives in your town. So that's the branding. Everyone needs to worry about branding. You need to create a brand and your name is a brand. So I see people that don't see that their name is a brand and they put their names everywhere. They go to everywhere. They teach. For example, if I get a very famous hypnosis teacher to teach, and I get someone which is completely unknown and doesn't give value, and I put them to create a product together, that might be bad for the one that's famous. Because people wait for the brand of the famous teacher to be more appealing and more expensive to be with big guys too. So people don't worry about their brand. Another example, fan page. In Brazil, we are having a riot. I don't know if you have seen the news oh, about no. Brazil, but the truck drivers are stopped work in the whole Brazil for the last seven days. So we have no gas, no food. And we still have food, but there is no gasoline and no public transportation. And it's completely mess. It's a completely mess. It will be solved probably just tomorrow. Which is every reason people should be in their homes right now learning self-hypnosis from you on their computers. Yes, which is a very good thing. Yes. And, but the point is, people which are professionals are going to the Facebook to give their political view on this problem. 
And I see that a lot in the U.S. concerning the Trump thing. Yes. I don't care if you're a Republican, if you're a Democrat, if you are if you are with Trump, if you hate Trump. But at the moment that you are a brand, you will never see Coca-Cola creating a big text in Facebook telling, oh, Trump is bad. No, of course not. That's your brand. People should stop doing that. Your Facebook is rich thousands of people. And a client may be connected to you to many, by, because of many reasons. But when they see that you are against or favor of Trump, they may quit. Because people are very emotional on the political thing. Well, I mean, political, religious, uh, personal, yes. any of that. It's where, again... You know, there's a balance to be had at times um, where here's moments where something is very polarizing in the news to which I'd always say, oh, great, here comes another U.S. political debate for people to argue and leave believing the same thing they originally believed in the first place and no one changes. So to look at it from, again, you're right, to look at these major companies, where is it that they're successful or even a big thing here is that here is some news event and here is where the money's being spent and here's you know people calling for oh never buy from this company never buy from that one um what was it there was a whole thing i'm gonna <laughs> i may polarize part of my audience on this one but i'm okay with it there's a whole uproar around uh the papa john's pizza company oh the owner does this the owner does that i'm going don't boycott them for that boycott them because their pizza tastes like plastic <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good reason. There's other good reasons to not buy their stuff. It's all chemicals, but anyway. <laughs> and another thing that I, I think we should talk about as you're talking about business is about price. People are too worried about price and they start competing on price. Yes. And competing on price is the worst strategy ever. Mm -hmm. It's much better, for example, if you keep the price and put more value. It's, for example, if I sell an online product, for example, let's suppose I have an online product which is $1,000 and another one which is $500. If I say that, oh, you, instead of buying the first one for $1,000, you buy, you buy it for $500. That's bad because I'm decreasing the value. Because when I decrease money, people automatically think, Oh, he is decreasing the value of the product. But if instead I keep the price, oh, it's a thousand dollars, but you get the 400, the 500 other products for free. I'm not devaluating. I'm not decreasing the value of the a thousand dollar product. And that's the same thing. Although it's, that's the same strategy because people put that unconsciously that the price is equal to the quality. And there are even other better ways to do that instead of giving things for free. You just, for example, you, if you deliver a better, you create a better way to deliver a product. For example, in my online thing, I created, I have a, an employee, which his responsibility is the success of the client. That's the name of his job. So. In a frequent basis, he, he writes an email, he gives his cell phone, which is, of course, the business number, and tells what, what you're thinking about the course, what you think should be in the course that isn't on the course, do you want to give me a call? When I did that, the product started to sell much more. And why it sells more? I had many people which bought the course and did that even open. But when they had the opportunity to talk to the employee, they started to watch the course and buy more courses. So we must connect to our clients and make the experience of the buyer to be the best possible. It's much better than just decreasing, decreasing, decreasing. Because the problem of decreasing price is that after you decrease it, it's much more difficult Right. to go back to the original price. It's much easier if you have a price and get it bigger than doing the opposite because the opposite always decreases the value. 
Well, it's where you're establishing that this is what it's really worth, and that's where it kind of sticks. So you're right in terms of adding something extra of value of, you know, again, I'm always looking to put this into a context of not just for an online training. I, I do this with my live sessions. Now, the feature becomes... Let me add in as a bonus, um, politely something that I'm already giving you, but now I can talk about it. So perhaps similar to the school of thought of like Melissa Tears, anti-anxiety toolkit, some of the techniques that like Carl Smith, Kevin Lay would often do as well. Uh, these sort of rapid change strategies that, you know, I, I brand under the title of self-hypnosis techniques you can do anytime, anywhere, and nobody knows you're doing something. So it's things that I'm teaching you along the way. So it's really where over the years, I've consistently raised my session rates with my clients. I've only ever raised it when my schedule was booked full about a month or two in advance, and I needed to do something to try to you know, reduce that client load. So nowadays, the actual session income is rather high, and I've really not added anything new to the process other than the fact that, yes, the more I do it, I get more skilled at it and get more efficient at it. Yet really, in terms of qualifying that different price, if anything, it's just highlighting what we were already doing. You know, in addition to the live work, I'm going to teach you this so you build that independence within yourself rather than a dependence back upon me, which that's what I've been doing since day one. Yet again, it comes to increasing the value for the person and really demonstrating that value, then of course, solidly delivering that value too. Yes, and, and the problem is that many times we, we do something which I think is bad, is that we create more value, but we don't show the client that is an extra value, and the client thinks that's a privilege. Hmm. Explain that. What do you mean by that? For example, I, I had a live session, and I said that every client could get, um, because one way I was using to get more clients was to have a workshop of anxiety or stress with many people, like which were prospects for the live session. And I said that my clients could go for free in those workshops. And the client didn't have the agenda available to go to the workshop. And instead of thinking, oh, he's giving that workshop for me as a bonus, I didn't buy it. The person says, oh, I need a discount because I can't come to the workshop. And then I saw that's a bad thing because in the moment that I sold the, the live session, I gave the impression that the process included the workshop. Mm. And that's a bad thing. So what I say nowadays that, oh, you got this, but I will give you as a bonus, you are not. You don't need to buy it, it. You don't need to pay any extra. You will get an anxiety workshop. So if the person can't go to the workshop, that's not a problem. But if beforehand, and look, that's the same thing. But psychology speaking, that's completely different. Because when I just show the person, oh, you are getting this live session, you're getting the workshop, and you can have my personal number, and we can have a metering on Skype. If I just put them together with the price of the live session, that person thinks that she's buying a bundle. I'm buying the bundle of all those things. But if instead I say, oh, you're just getting the live session, but I will give you as a bonus for free, no cost, that's a bonus you will get these and these and that. Although for me, it's the same thing. The perspective of the client, that's completely different. There's an anecdote around that, that I'm forgetting who it was that, and I don't, um, I'll generalize the story here for obvious purposes, because I don't believe the story is actually true. But it was the legend that someone was giving out a blank CD as their stop smoking reinforcement audio program. And the phrasing was, you give it out with the intention of, here, Use this at home, though you're not going to need it based on how well you did today. And the legend was that the audio program, the CD, was blank. And the premise was that, oh, if they called up and said that the audio was blank, it tells me I need to up my game during the sessions. 
which I don't fully buy that story, to be quite open, and someone give me the evidence to prove otherwise, if you know my specific reference here. But what I'm getting at, though, is that, you know, from that legend, it did build a style of how, you know, I, I tell my clients that, you know, and I actually put it towards them as a benefit, that the reason that they're paying online in advance is it allows us to spend 100% of our focus together on just the change process. That not to say that the project is magical and delicate and easily offset, but if we have to spend our last five minutes together playing the game of, no, 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 try this card. Okay, no, try this card. Okay, we'll put half on this card and half on the other. It's not the energy to leave the process with. Uh, So the fact that the business is taken out of the way and anything that I have that's appropriate to share with you is just going to be a bonus inside of it that other than if there's ever a reason to add extra work... I'm not selling you anything during the process. Uh, Yes, because I do a lot of business networking. Yes, because I know a lot of people in the area. There suddenly does become the moment where someone expresses a problem and I'm going that, oh, you have a lot of used books in your home that you're wanting to unload. I can do hypnosis with you for that, though here's someone I know and that's her business. Call her. (laughs) And I could just share the yeah. specific reference. Or I had someone years ago that was going, well, we're trying to downsize and we're trying to sell our home and buy a condo, but we'd like to try to do it all in one pass. And I'm going, I know a previous client that that's exactly what she does. Would you like her number? And, you know, I'm sharing the referral, but in the guise of, hey, here's someone I know, as opposed to saying, oh, she came to me for this issue, you know, so keeping it just on a professional level. But it's where if I'm providing the bonus resource, it's kind of in that same respect to go, yeah, here's my stress relief program, though the greatest, you know, the greatest feedback you can give me from this is not that you used it every single day at 12 noon. It's the fact that you listened to it once and went, yeah, I get it. I can do that on my own now. So building that independence again within the individual rather than that dependence back upon us, the process, or even the product. It's the whole, uh, this message will self-destruct mechanism. <laughs> it doesn't matter what you do but if you don't understand how to sell your product you're not going anywhere Mm -hmm. because there is a myth which says that if you're good enough word of mouth we will spread your work and that's bullshit yes that's that's not true because you can be the best one in the field and nobody knows you and when i finished when i finished psychology I didn't know how to open an office. I didn't know how to hire an accountant. Yes. I didn't know the fees. I don't know how it is in the US, but when I graduated in psychology, I didn't know anything about my business. And that's a very bad thing because nobody sees that at the end, they are also salesmen. Everyone's selling something. And if you don't start worrying about it, And there's something that I want to share with your audience is that don't complain with the rules of the game. Mm -hmm. Because I don't think the rules are fair. When you say rules, what do you mean specifically? A very famous hypnotist in Brazil, which I admire a lot, I told him, you must have a YouTube channel. Mm. And he's from the 80s. He's old and he's famous. But his audience is decreasing every year because nobody knows him online. Right, yeah. Just remember from the time that he went to television. There are many hypnotists in the U.S. that's the same, the same level. People that used to go to TV in the 90s every weekend, and now many people have no idea which are those guys. But they were very famous in the 90s, and that's the case. And I told him, you must have a YouTube channel and very good website, people will find you through social media. And he told me, I don't agree with that. Mm-hmm. And I will not go online. I, I think that online people, there are too many people working with hypnosis and they are putting hypnosis as a cheap thing. And I will not share my things on YouTube. People can copy my things. And I said, listen, I'm telling you the rules of the game. I'm not telling you that they are honest or they are good, they are fair. I'm telling that if you want to go back to the game, you must follow the rules, just that. And he didn't go online. It makes no sense. And I always want to talk, when talk about social media, 
why my YouTube channel got so big? One of the reasons is that I started de delivering content. We must deliver content. And you must have the mindset of abundance, not scarcity, when it comes to creating free content. Because that's the first contact people will have with your work. So if you don't find, for example, the first time I saw Jason's work was doing an East Day State and you were showing something, a way of just keeping the anesthesia, anesthesia thing on the, on the hand or something like that. It was a multiple day you stayed with there was more than one person yes and you started doing an uh, anesthetic thing a global anesthesia in one of those people and when i saw that you were really teaching on the youtube i start to connect with your name and then many weeks after i saw the age regression and then a year after i bought the thing so if you didn't put that YouTube video, we would not be talking now in the podcast. So I, I think that people, for example, uh, in the UK, I talked in the UK, I talked to a very famous hypnosis teacher talking about the online thing because when I see someone which is famous is not online, it disturbs it disturbs me so much, so much. That I must tell, you know, I, oh, that's wrong, that's wrong, you shouldn't be doing that. And I'm sure you know the person I'm talking about, but anyway, I'm not saying names. And I told you must put that online. And the person said, but if I put online, people will not come to my in-person workshop. People will not buy my online thing. No, that's the opposite, but people doesn't get it. Yeah, the, the attendance at my events is up, as I have products that are out there. And I ask every client of mine who calls, because uh, there's a lot of people in the Alexandria, Virginia area where my office is. I ask them always the same question. Um, how did you call me? Um, you know, how did you find me? It's like, well, I found your website. Okay, and why did you call me? And the response I get is, and this is no longer a paraphrase, I hear this exact phrase, I already know you. Because the Virginia Hypnosis website is a portal to show a bunch of videos. That's that's the design of the website. And it's me talking directly to the camera lens and sharing stories. Uh, so again, it's that opportunity for people to actually meet you, to actually build that trust, to actually demonstrate that value. So let me ask you this. If, if someone was just getting started and, and you're saying YouTube channel, what do you think is the most valuable content that they could put out? Good. Let's talk about YouTube and YouTube is very different from Facebook. Yes. So I will start talking about both in terms of videos and in terms of posts. The Facebook, in my opinion, is the worst social media ever. It's the worst in terms of business. I mean, organic business. And it's the worst in terms of audience. Why, why would you say that? Yes, I will explain why. The first thing is that Facebook. In the past, when you had, for example, a thousand likes in your fan page, a hundred thousand people would see your posts. Nowadays, almost no one will see your posts because you, you, Facebook will only deliver your content if you boost the post with ads. Yes. The organic thing on Facebook still exists, but in a very different way. I don't think you've, yeah, I don't know if this is anything of mine that you've seen so far, but there's a, there's an intro, uh, no, this is in the Facebook section of uh, business systems, but there's an intro that I give that the, um, and this is, again, by no means one person, and I, I was guilty of this myself, that the, the whole thing around, I earned this much money without advertising, I saw this many clients without paying for advertising, um, there's something noble to be said of that, though at the same time, and this metaphor belongs to a man by the name of Ryan Dice in the social media world that, you know, his metaphor would be that if you were hungry for rice, you wouldn't dig up your backyard and plant it. You would just go to the store and you'd buy it. So practically everything that I do is so I, I did build my business originally with that same premise of I didn't pay for advertising. And yet now, because I pay for advertising, I can drive the business to me even faster. So 
continuing that metaphor of eating rice, if I wanted to have that for dinner tonight, I could just swing by the store and pay for it, and then I'd have it right away. So if I have a specific target audience, um, there's a video campaign that I sometimes run of a uh, testimonial of a guy talking about getting rid of his sugar cravings and how valuable that was for being a diabetic. I can show that just to diabetics in a 10-mile radius around my office. And that is a magical, magical campaign when I run that. And to try to do that organically. So you're right, the game has changed with Facebook. And I think that's also a commentary of the fact that people are not going to that to that platform with the goal of looking at ads. You know, if they're searching yeah. on YouTube, they're kind of expecting that someone's going to sell them something. If they're searching on Google, absolutely, they're going to be finding things that are paid services and articles that are clearly promoting something. People are going to Facebook to see videos of their friend's dog doing something funny. <laughs> yes, there are many people still making organic videos on Facebook and still getting money with organic actions. The thing is, Facebook, to work organically, you must create a viral. And when I talk about viral, of course, I'm talking about small cats, like your tech telling or cute cats, cute dogs, <laughs> or babies, which will always be number one, but also about small videos which can connect to people. For example, when the Laurel and Yanni thing started, yes. as soon as it started, I said, I told myself, I must record it because it will go viral. And I created uh, a post on my Facebook page and it got thousands of views because people start sharing it because they want to see if you heard, if they could hear Laurel or Yanni. Although I can't believe people listen to Yanni. When, when I saw my wife and she told me she listened to as Yanni, I got completely mad at the point. But anyway, the point is, Facebook, you must create something which is viral. But of course, I'm talking about organically because Facebook is much better to sell than YouTube. You don't sell on YouTube. You create a fan base on YouTube. The idea of creating a fan base works much better on YouTube than Facebook. Because Facebook, people, you will reach people just by the extract of people that you chose to make the ad. So let's talk about the YouTube. And the first thing is that you must see YouTube as a business. And as a business, it must be, you must, be, must deal with it as a business. So you must create a lot of effort in the beginning and you take time to get rewarded for that effort that you put in the beginning. And the first thing is that you need a fixed schedule. People that listen and that watch YouTube, they are usually connect, connected to the broadcasting idea. The idea that they, they, they follow some YouTubers and they know the exact day those YouTubers release new videos. So it's important to have a fixed schedule. And you also must create a, a good thumbnail. And it's, I made some, some testing on my videos, and I saw that when I begin the video with a question, and a question that connects to people, people will listen more to the video. For example, I had a past video about a psychology thing called the Lucifer Effect. The Lucifer Effect from Philip Zimbardo, which is a social psychology concept which explains why good people do evil. And there are many social experiments which show that, like the Milgram with the shocking thing, and there is another one from Stanford, the Stanford prison, yeah. where there were some people which were in the row of guards and the row of the prisoners. And the thing is, when I did this video around a year ago as a class, for example, now I will explain about the Lustre effect. And I just started explaining it. I got much fewer views than when I created it again. When I recreated, I said, some people say 
that a good prisoner is a cute prisoner. Some people say that they're good, they will never do evil. But if you think that you'd never do evil, you are probably are wrong. If you want to discover why you are wrong, listen and watch this video. Nice. When I created this second video, I had much, much more views. Much more views. That that's an amazing yeah, that's an amazing nuance of it's not just you know, it's not just the pattern interrupt at the beginning, but really you're selling the entire way through. Um, you're giving the audience a reason to continue watching rather than, you know, just starting your content. Um, where, you know, even in terms of a, a book that I've got in the works right now, going through it on the next pass and the whole game is to go, how do I make sure at the beginning of every chapter, a person sticks to the very end? How do I go through every video and make sure they watch all the way to the very end that you're, you know, it, it's where even inside of email marketing, I'm selling the click, I'm selling watch the video, but then the video has to sell the reason to actually watch the content. That, that's an amazing insight in terms of just simply changing the, the intro and getting a different response. Yeah, because Frank Kern says about the part that interrupt. Do you know Frank Kern? Yes. I, don't, I guess that's the name. Yes. He talks about the, the part that interrupt, but I made some experiments and I saw that if I really deliver in the beginning the reason people will watch it. And I've written some books in Brazil. And something really annoyed me because I have three books which went bestsellers in Brazil. But the first one, which is called Bright Minds, Mentes Brilhantes, which is called Bright Minds, sold three times more than the other books. It would be good if that wouldn't be the book I don't like. Mm -hmm. You know, my book that I don't like sells much better <laughs> than the books that I think that are better. And that always, always make, drove me mad because uh, I used it to think that I was getting better into writing. The books were more appealing to me as a buyer, but they were getting less appealing to the public Yes, because I, st I stopped connecting. And when I saw the difference, the bright mind teaches less techniques, but has better stories. So when I start, for example, I am a Brazilian memory champion. I use it to memorize decks of cards and go to the TV blindfolded. I went to the World Memory Championship. So I used to do this kind of demos very frequently. And sometimes I still go to the TV to memorize a deck of cards or something like that. And the first book, The Bright Mind, I just begin setting something like that. Well, I've forgotten many names, many faces. You might not believe, but there was a day that I went to college. I went there with my car and I came back by bus. I forgot completely that I went there by car in the first, in the first time. And then at the moment, and now I am the Brazilian memory champion. If you want to know what changed, keep reading. <laughs> and that paragraph made me sell a hundred thousand copies. I love it. <laughs> yes, and that's important. We must think as when we create content. And that's very hard to do that sometimes because we must understand that if the content is very good, it might not be enough. But it's also, I mean, taking, taking the content and it's by changing the framing. Uh, it's presenting the real value that it's going to have, which does expand the audience too. Yes, but there's something that really disturbs me and keeps disturbing me is that when it comes to books, when it comes to YouTube videos, I used to, I used to think that people were looking for content, but no, they're looking for entertainment. And they want, the, well, they want the content through the, through an experience. So it's not just standing yes. there and telling the story. It's then telling the story in a way that, again, is the metaphor that I use is that you're always selling. You're selling the next step of the journey. Yes. And that's very difficult because when you put it, the more you put the video more appealing to the public and more entertaining, you usually give less content. Mm -hmm. And as a creator, you must start to balance those two things. So the real takeaway from yeah, the real takeaway from this that I want people to hear is that you're clearly someone who's testing what you're doing. You're figuring out what's working. How do I present this message 
and the story of repurposing something in such a way that, you know, such a way that now you're reaching a bigger audience by listening to what people's feedback were and their feedback isn't just the words they're using, it's their clicks, it's their views, it's their likes, it's their comments, that's that everything is now social media. Yes, and you also must make a call to action in your YouTube videos. You must take that person away from the video and go to your website. So speaking of which, there's the perfect segue. Where can people learn more about your work? Yes, they must move. There are many ways to do that, but the first thing you must do is to track the metrics, the statistics of your YouTube channel. There is a free tool called Social Blade, hmm. which is good, where you can see the statistics, uh, daily statistics for YouTube video. But if you want to get more professional, there's a tool called VidIQ, which is exp well, not expensive, but it's around $40 a month or something like that. But you can use for free if you want. And there is a Chrome plugin for the VidIQ, V-I-D-I-Q, like intelligence. Yeah. And they, they create a, a Chrome plugin where you can see the metrics of any YouTube video, even the word tags, the nice. tags they are they using. For example, I always put the word hypnosis written wrong as a tag, <laughs> you know, because many people will write it wrong. Yeah, yeah. So you must think on it and you must see the results of your action. And something that you usually talk, which I also think is very important, is Focus on what you're good at. Yes. Because a friend of mine gives uh, a metaphor, which is, imagine you need to ride a bicycle. You need to ride a bike, but you don't have a bike. So instead of buying the bike, you buy the tires, you start to buy every part of the bike, and you start assembling a bike and disassembling the bike. So you start creating your bike, which makes no sense. You could just buy the bike and do what's your job. So this idea of, and I'm very, I'm very obsessive kind of person, so I want to be in control of everything, everything I do. Delegate for me is something that I'm learning because I always think that people will do worse than I and I'm completely wrong, but because I can't design things, I can't do lots of things. And as soon as I start to delegate people, I started to see uh, I didn't need to edit my videos. I didn't need to create the thumbnails. I didn't need to create the Facebook ads. I, I, there's an agency that works with me. Although my share gets decreased, my time to create value and content increased a lot. So I get much more quality of life and I create better products. So it's important that people stop learning H HTML or <laughs> WordPress because I was in the beginning studying all these, you know? I was studying WordPress and then I started learning. I started learning so much about the creating a website that I saw that I had no time to study the hypnosis. I had no time to... That is the value of the outsourcing. Learn, learn, learn the aspect of this is what you should be focused on as opposed to trying to be the, the Superman syndrome of doing everything. Yeah, that's completely wrong. And, and the problem is that people get uh, paralyzed because they see that they can't create the website alone. They can't edit the videos alone. Uh, so they get paralyzed and their business just don't stop. Mm -hmm. And something that I saw on your workshop online, which I like, is record the video anyway. Yes. Uh, you talk, you just get the, the video and record it. See how it goes. Deliver it to your audience. It doesn't need to be a perfect video. Just deliver it. Yeah, the the more imp <laughs> the more imperfect my videos, the better people respond. Now it's, it's interesting because with Virginia Hypnosis, the more I'm blue shirt, purple tie, the better it works there. 
Uh, work smart hypnosis, the more I'm in a black t-shirt and cursing, I do better. Uh, so it's a different audience from one to the other, but there's a there's a meshing of styles that's uh, slowly happening from one to the other. Uh, this has been great. I'm sure we can go all day on this, that we're coming up on time. But uh, Alberta, where can people find out more about your work online? Well, I have the YouTube channel, which is youtube.com backslash supermemoria, like super memory, S-U-P-E-R-M-E-M-O-R-I-A, supermemoria. And they can find to Alberto de Lisola, which is my fan page, and can also send me a message. De Lisola from the island, from Italian, which is D-E-L-L apostrophe I-S-O-L-A. And just send me a message, and it would be great to talk about hypnosis, marketing, and everything. And thanks a lot for you that you are listening to this podcast, and also to you, Jason, for the invitation. I was very glad to be part of it as I'm a listener. I've seen so many important people coming here, so I'm glad that I could be a part of this big project, Jack, too. Absolutely. And we'll put links to everything in the show notes over at worksmarthypnosis.com, too. And uh, Alberto, thanks for coming on here. Jason Lynette here as always. And once again, thank you so much for interacting with this program, for sharing it on your own social media streams and leaving your reviews online. Once again, head over to worksmarthypnosis.com to get the links over to Alberto's website and massively populated YouTube channel. And once again, join me at Hypnotic Products. This is my two-day post-convention offering at the HypnoThoughts Live Convention. Check that out at hypnoticproducts.com. You're going to learn how to generate design, launch, and build and profit from your own passive income streams. Hypnotic World Domination. Check that out at hypnoticproducts.com. Thanks for listening to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast at worksmarthypnosis.com. <laughs>